It continues to be an insane week in the NFL. We got another quarterback trade on Wednesday. Carson Wentz going from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. We're going to break it all down from both angles. Plus, are the Denver Broncos a Super Bowl contender now after the trade for Russell Wilson? And who is better set up for the future? The Green Bay Packers, now that Aaron Rodgers is back in the fold, or the Denver Broncos, now that Russell Wilson is in tow. We're breaking it all down and much more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. Locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL fans, we are back for another Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast and one of the best weeks for NFL news that we have seen in a long, long time. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland from the Locked On Titans podcast. My co-host, Alex Clancy from the Locked On Cardinals podcast is here to join us. Remember, you can find the Locked On NFL podcast on whatever platform that you do stream and always free. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform that you do stream, including the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when all the videos go live. But we do want to thank you for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day. And we're going to dive headfirst into the latest NFL news, and that is the trade of Carson Wentz from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. Uh, still feels weird to say that, but we will we will find our way around it. But just to lay out the parameters here, Carson Wentz and a 2022 second-round pick go to the Commanders. The Indianapolis Colts get back a 2022 second-round pick, so a second-round pick swap there. They also get a 2022 third-round pick, and then in 2023, they have to give up a third-round pick that will turn into a second round pick if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps or more. So very similar to the conditional type of pick that Philadelphia had given over to Indianapolis or Indianapolis ended up giving to Philadelphia. So at the end of the day, that's the trade, but getting to it, number one, Alex, who won this deal? I mean, I think both. You know, Carson Wentz, they were able, they were able to move a guy you know, that we, we said last week, why would you move him? Like, you know, I mean, he he's win above replacement. If you're going to the baseball example, there's not a whole lot out there unless, you know, unless they had a top right. five or top 10 pick where, you know, you want to go for the future. You want to battle for the future. Now there's a huge void to a guy that should have taken you to the playoffs. I mean, if you weren't so Jonathan Taylor centric on, on offense, you may have gotten to the playoffs. And the reason why I say the Colts win regardless or tie is because Chris Ballard is really good at drafting players. So if you give him extra capital, he's going to most likely take advantage of it or, you know, package it to move up in the draft. And then Washington wins because they have an adult in the room who's won a bunch of games. He's 6'5". He's got a cannon. They've got a bunch of weapons. Sure, he's like 85% of quarterbacks to ever live. He's going to kill you with turnovers. There's most quarterbacks will do that regardless of how good they are. And then you group it, you know, the Philip Rivers is and the guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, guys like that that are like humming. And then how do you throw that pick? That's in the Carson Wentz land. But I still think he's the best quarterback they've had 
since RG3's second year. Like, they haven't had good quarterback play there for a long time. So I think both win. And I know that's not a, it's kind of a cop-out, but in this instance, I do think both sides win in this. Well, I got to tell you, I don't think it's a cop-out. I just think it's wrong. I think oh. both of these teams lose. I think Washington, when you look at the Teddy Bridgewater trade last year, it was a sixth-round pick, and, uh, you know, Carolina had to take uh, some of the money. Now, Carson Wentz, Washington pays the full amount, and they have to give up more picks for a guy who I don't think is really that much better than Taylor Heineke. I know you are on the Taylor Heineke train. I, was. I don't think. I don't think this is any kind of massive upgrade for Washington. And my thing is, there's no guaranteed money on Carson Wentz's deal going forward. So if you're going to spin this positive for Washington, it's simple. Hey, we're kicking the can one year, see what we can get out of Wentz, see what could happen. But why would you pay $28 million and give up picks for a kick the can down the road guy when you could get Andy Dalton, you could get Jameis Winston, you could get Teddy Bridgewater, all guys that I don't think are a significant difference from Carson Wentz, and when you all of the noise that's coming out about Wentz, the same stuff we heard from Philadelphia, not a good leader, doesn't take coaching well, plus you add in the, the mind-blowing, mind-bending turnovers on the field. I just don't see why Washington gave up picks to get this bridge quarterback. I think Washington needs to take a quarterback in the first round of the draft, whichever one they like, at their pick. So you're going to have a guy who's a bridge quarterback. You don't spend a third-round pick and a second-round pick potentially in next year's draft on a guy who probably won't even be on your team by the time that draft comes around. It's the no. same mistake that Indy just made. I just think it's it's illogical. In okay. Indy, you're going to replace Carson Wentz with Jimmy Garoppolo, who in a vacuum, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better player than Carson Wentz. I do believe that. Similar tiers, but a better player. But on the Indianapolis Colts, with a diminishing offensive line that's not what it was a couple of years ago, with a mediocre cast of weapons outside of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to be mobile and make second reaction plays and do all the things that are decent parts of Carson Wentz's game? No, he's going to give you none of the mobility, none of the second reaction plays, and he's going to be just as turnover prone. And you're going to have to spend right around the same money for Jimmy Garoppolo that you would have paid for Wentz. And you're going to have to give up draft capital to get Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they don't do that and they go with a rookie or they go with a free agent on the market, well, then the team is obviously not better than they were last year. So I don't see how I think Indianapolis got worse here and they're probably going to end up with Jimmy G. So I'm sorry that I'm using that as a, as a conclusion here, but I don't see how Indianapolis got better and Washington didn't get any better either. So I just think both teams lose and neither of them got that much better from this move. Okay. The reason why I said Indy gets wins is because they didn't want to keep Carson Wentz and they got something for him. The reason why I mean, Washington true. wins is because if he plays 70% of the games, which he did this year, even though it didn't seem like He's he was going, going to. to start the season, they're going to get a second round pick next year. So they're not giving up that much for a guy. They didn't have to give up a first. Okay, which is I'm sure what the asking price from Indy was initially. They gave up a couple pieces, okay? Draft picks are a crapshoot to begin with. Now, let me and I know that's they could a have given up nothing for a player who's but but pretty but, much but, just Car the same but as Carolina Carolina gave Carolina gave Teddy Bridgewater 60 million dollars, okay? So they well, paid it a different yeah. way. Okay? They paid right. it a different way. Now, my question is is Ryan Fitzpatrick dead? Like, I think he's would probably you rather done. have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Carson Wentz. Let me ask you that as we're about to go to break. Let's let's elongate this for two minutes. If you want to 
move out for just next season because this is just the next season thing and say the draft pick next year in two years wasn't predicated upon how much he played or whatever. If you're Washington, would you rather have the bearded magician who's going to crush your soul after you- Both of them are bearded magicians who will crush your soul. They both are. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is, at least Ryan Fitzpatrick is lovable. Yeah, He's lovable by his teammates everywhere he's gone. He's been lovable. Would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Carson Wentz for one year? In a vacuum, Carson Wentz is certainly the better player. There's no way around that. But for what Washington just had to pay to get Carson Wentz with his price tag on the on the cap, and you could get Ryan Fitzpatrick back for five, eight million dollars, something like that. If you take into account the price tag and what you're going to pay to have the guy, I'd rather have Fitzpatrick and I'd rather roll with Taylor Heineke or Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Matt Corral. Or I just, I just don't think Washington wanted to get a real quarterback and to go from making offers for Russell Wilson to ending up with Carson Wentz is not a win. And I, I can't, I can't categorize it as anything that that Washington got better. And my last thing, I know that you talked about Chris Ballard, but Chris Ballard's barely above 500 in his record. He's had a different starting quarterback six years in a row in he Indianapolis. He got Andrew Locked. Five, what do you got, want from him? I want him to be as good as the media says he is. He's got one playoff win. They haven't won the division one time since he's been the general manager. Chris Ballard is the most overrated front office guy in the entire NFL. He's barely 500, one playoff win, no division titles, can't find any semblance of consistent quarterback play. I don't see how everybody just throws nonstop roses on Chris Ballard's He's the feet. best drafting GM in the last five years. And what has it got him? That's great to say. He doesn't it's play the game. That. Win a it's division coaches. title. It's well, coaches. His roster it's no plays the game. His, you, can't, you can't just give the GM all the credit for picking good players and then all those players don't get him any sort of semblance of real winning and then say that he did good. His teams, all these great teams, that's his fault, though. That is his fault. He I picks know. the quarterbacks. He puts them together. So I just think Chris Ballard is a little overrated, and we can talk yeah. about this at another time. But Jesus. either way, great discussion there. A big blockbuster move. It's just been an incredible week in the NFL, and we're going to talk about some of the other incredible stories that have come out earlier this week, like Russell Wilson to the Broncos. A lot of people are anointing the Denver Broncos, and I guess is my role on the day's show. I'm going to throw a little bit of water on that blazing fire. Before we get into it, though, do want to tell you guys about betonline.net. It is that time of year again, folks. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. It's not just basketball, either. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action Bet online where the game starts. I mean, I don't even want to do this right now. Alex Clancy Ballbrug locked on Cardinals. That I locked on Cardinals, locked on NFL. Uh, that was fun. I mean, because the thing is, yes. and for Cardinals and Titans fans who happen to be checking this out, be happy. 
I do give Ryan Tannehill a lot of crap because I think a lot of his success is predicated upon the success of Derrick Henry, but you still have to execute as a quarterback, and that's what Ryan Tannehill has done. After being a wide receiver in college, switching (laughs) to quarterback in college, and then doing what he's doing after leaving the the you know the the cage that Adam Gase put him in, what he's done in Tennessee, it needs to be lauded. Same with Kyler Murray on his current trajectory, because look at what the rest of the NFL has to deal with. Now yes. on to somebody that's actually you know solidified themselves as a Super Bowl winning quarterback by doing yeah. it and not having the backup do it. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was traded by for a thousand draft picks and forty eight <laughs> players to the Denver Broncos yesterday. Okay, or two days ago. Now, we're going to talk about this in two ways. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson specifically and the Broncos here, and then we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, which team is in a better spot for the next couple of seasons because Aaron Rodgers' contract is set to where he can pretty much get out of it whatever he wants. Russell Wilson's only under contract for two more years. So both of these teams sacrificed a lot, one financially, one future-wise, to land the players they did, starting with Russell Wilson. I think anywhere Russell Wilson goes is a home run because he's Russell Wilson. He's kind of a goober, but he is, he's the guy that you want in the huddle unless it's at State Farm Stadium on second and goal, throwing the ball to to Malcolm Butler. Like you want him in the huddle. You want him leading your team, especially a young receiving core and a young running back with a pretty good offensive line and a young, hungry, sexy defense. Like, I think that there couldn't have been better places for Russell Wilson to end up. And I could almost say that Russell Wilson is a better fit in Denver than Aaron Rodgers would have been if they would have traded him there. And I just think it's because it's it's team first. It's always been team first. Aside from his little you know scuffle with him getting his money, which he did with the four-year extension, it's Broncos. He He's a, a, port, a part of the Broncos. It's not Aaron Rodgers and the Broncos backup dancers. You know, and I think for that alone, this is a better fit for the Broncos. Now, just talking about the trade in of itself, does this set the Broncos up for immediate Super Bowl success? Or is this really a packed AFC where it's kind of a crapshoot to see who's going to reign supreme, hoisting up the AFC uh, title trophy at the end of the year? Well, I got to tell you, I'm just I'm just not entirely convinced that this makes the Broncos some sort of immediate Super Bowl contender. You talked about those backup dancers. Uh, Let me just hit on that. Number one, Cortland Sutton has had a major injury. And of course, he came back and played pretty well, but still a major injury. Another guy like uh, Jerry Judy, again. Another guy who had a major injury last year has shown promise, no doubt, but major injury. And then who are we looking at? Wide receiver three, KJ Hamler. You know, I, I guess I looked at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You add in Antonio Brown to that mixture. To me, it you know, it's not the same as something like that. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton look like pretty solid players, but they're not Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And KJ Hamler, I, I don't know why we're acting like he's some absolute stud. I mean, there's promise there, but I'm not ready to crown him. You get rid of Noah Fant, and I realize that Albert O has been pretty decent recently, but this supporting cast is nowhere near as good as like Tampa Bay's was when Brady walked in. You look at the offensive line, yeah, Garrett Bowles didn't have as good of a year in 2021 as he did in 2020, but I still think he's a pretty solid left tackle. On the interior, uh, Glasgow is a very good interior offensive lineman, but... 
you know, you want to keep going. Dalton Risner, I'm not 100% sold that he's a bona fide good offensive player. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry could could be better than what the Broncos have seen so far. Uh, Quinn Miners, yeah, he's solid. I think so, but I don't see any home runs there. And what are they going to do at right tackle? So big questions there for a guy in Russell Wilson who, uh, you know, not a small guy by any means, but he's not a big guy either. So the pounding that he may take, he likes to hold the ball and run around. So you add that to a bad offensive line or at least an okay offensive line. Is he going to be able to stay healthy for the entirety of this run with the Broncos? Now you look on the defensive side, the Broncos really need some pass rush. They have to improve their run defense. They barely have any inside linebackers right now based on what their roster looks like. So I'm just not sold on the Broncos all of the sudden being this bona fide Super Bowl contender. I still think that they're the third best team in their own division, even with Russell Wilson. So I'm sure that maybe you don't agree with that, but I I guess there's just this big rush to put the Broncos up on a pedestal, and I'm simply not there until I see what they do in the draft and in free agency. Yeah, I mean, and listen, everything you say is valid, but their secondary is very good, and it's growing. Mm -hmm. It's getting even better. It's very young. Yes. The offensive line is younger, a little bit more inexperienced, but they're growing. I, you could always throw in the old thing that everybody likes to. Russell Wilson hasn't had an offensive line since they <laughs> traded Max Unger for Jimmy Graham. Okay, right, so they haven't right. they haven't had that in a long time. This isn't Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the greatest thing that's ever played, the greatest quarterback that's ever played football. So comparing right. that isn't necessarily the same. I don't think Russell Wilson takes that team necessarily to win a Super Bowl. I think that was more about Tom Brady, just the the basis and having Leonard Fournette and thirty eight running backs and. Gronk and the whole thing, like, regardless, okay? And they were a Scotty Miller third and long to end the first half away, touchdown, end the first half away for not making the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was. Okay, so that, like, it's revisionist history a little bit. Russell Wilson ain't that. He hasn't been, since the start, the first half of the 2020 season, the let Russ cook, I'm going to throw up. Stop it. No more of that, okay? No more of that. Where he was just he hasn't been these- that great, right? I, I you know, I, right. I, I just, but but when was I the last time? Sustain it. How many good quarterbacks have the Broncos had since John Elway? One, two. Now, oh yeah, well, Peyton yeah, Manning. two now, two now, two now. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like they've had, and it's been like Death Valley's wrong to say it's been a lot of bad quarterbacks. It's right. been a lot of like when Trevor Simeon was like, oh, he's going to be the saving grace. He's going to take him to the playoffs. That was the peak. Paxton Lynch, bad trade. Like they've had terrible drafts. Tom Brady, yeah. uh, Tim Tebow, you know, like it's just been bad. Okay? No Tebow slander today. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, he was the, the, he did put Demarius Thomas like officially <laughs> right. on the map with that catch. Right. Um, yeah, it was awesome. So to put them in Super Bowl, like in the, they were at least in the second or third tier where they weren't even where they were weren't even an honorable mention three days. Their ago. odds are increased, you yeah, know. That's so true. obviously, so the only thing that I don't really understand is like I understand the team. I understand you know how he can go in and fit there. The AFC is now twelve or thirteen teams deep. It's like you had the NFC where there's maybe four teams that could win the Super Bowl that could come out of the NFC. Like really five. Look at the AFC playoff picture. You've lived it. Tyler, the last three seasons, there are 10 legitimate teams that you say, oh, they won the Super Bowl. We're like, ah, I mean, I, I guess I could see that run to the Super Bowl. I guess I could see that. Teams that didn't make the playoffs, like the Chargers didn't make the playoffs in the AFC last year. 
Like that's how deep that, that, that conference is. So for Russell Wilson, it's like, I get it, but it's also, it's going to be a su- supremely more difficult uh, way to maneuver through, especially with a young core, as you mentioned, in the receivers, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals, Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. We've hit Russell Wilson. We're going to hit Aaron Rodgers v. Russell Wilson. Which team is set up for success more, let's say, for the next two seasons? That's next, Locked On NFL. All right, NFL fans, we are going to cap off this Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast, talking about the futures of the two teams that acquired or reacquired big-time quarterbacks with the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. Before we do that, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, you're getting your NFL news here. Now it's time to focus on the draft, so check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. It's free and available on all platforms. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Let's um I don't normally tip my cap to myself. Who had this? Just just one time. Who had Russell Wilson not playing another down for the Seattle Seahawks after the yes. season was over? I said that to start last season. What team yes. is it going to be in the worst shape for the next 5 years? Seattle Seahawks and they're not done yet. Bobby Wagner out. Don't think that Taylor Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf will both be Seattle Seahawks come next season. Would you give up two for a first, a first and a third for DK Metcalf right now? Well, obviously, it depends on making sure that you can fit him into your salary cap and everything. But like, yeah, I, I, I would give he up was a, a late second round pick. round pick. Yeah, I would give up a late first round pick for DK Metcalf. I would. Now, I got to tell you, just my personal feelings watching him on tape. I don't think he's a great teammate. He's not a guy who gives tremendous effort when the ball's not coming his way. He doesn't really block at all, and he can get in his own head and just not help the team in any way if he's not getting his I think he's a me guy so for me personally I would shy away from him but for a team you know obviously there are going to be a ton of NFL teams that would take the risk on the talent and hope they could get his mind right so I think a late first round pick somebody misses out on a wide receiver uh in in the run that may happen in the late teens and early 20s I absolutely think it would be a viable option for a team to go get DK Metcalf now I think it's almost more possible for DK Metcalf to be traded Then Tyler Lockett, I mean, I'm not a cap expert on Seattle's situation, but last time I checked, Tyler Lockett's dead cap hit was about $30 million. So I I don't know how much it makes sense to get rid of him from Seattle's perspective because they'd have to eat a ton of, yeah, $31 million in dead cap. So that's quite a bit to eat to trade him away. So I almost think it would be more likely to see DK Metcalf traded uh, with his $300,000 and dead cap and his three million dollar salary before any kind of extension kicks in. So well, and there's uh, I think it's more likely DK is. Yeah, that, like, DK is more likely to get traded, in my yeah. opinion. Like the diva wide receiver part that comes with it. You know, that like nobody knows where Tyler Taylor Lockett Tyler Lockett is on the field, except for Russell Wilson. I don't know what like Always. he's gonna one that's gonna hurt the most from this because they had yeah. anyways. As we as we continue, sorry about that. But great, great job. You you called the the Seahawks demise. I'm gonna give you some <laughs> some snaps. For that. Love snaps. Oh, yeah. Love snaps. All right. So what are we doing here? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. $2 billion. <laughs> so we got <laughs> a four-year, uh, 200 mil, 153 guaranteed. 
he kind of retracted that after said that's not exactly how it's going to be he's going to make a lot of money in the first year because then mm-hmm. he's going to be able to determine his what he's going to do after that okay second yeah. russell wilson two years left on his current contract he said he wants to play till he's 45 he's nowhere near 45 nope. okay so this may not be the first or it may not be the last or the second to last team that he plays for russell wilson if he in, in, indeed plays till 45 for the next 720 730 days tyler for the next two seasons, who is in a better spot to win? Well, I, I, quickly, I want to say that, again, another example of Aaron Rodgers with some fibs to the media or some half-truths. This is like when he said, I'm immunized uh, early in the season, and it was his way of lying to the media about his vaccination status without actually lying to them. You know, he the way that he worded it, kept him from being called a liar, but it was obvious he was trying to deceive people. That's what he, he hasn't sent a tweet since January 7th. And all of a sudden he's tweeting, oh, the media reports about my deal. I haven't signed my deal. Well, yeah, you haven't signed it yet. So he's right. He physically hasn't signed the deal yet. But that doesn't mean that the reported contract is wrong. And if they tell him like, well, you came out and said that the reported contract wasn't right. You say, no, I didn't. I just said I didn't sign it yet. It's just Aaron Rodgers' nonsense. Oh, Russell Wilson got traded. Look at me. I'm going to tweet out this ambiguous statement that's a half-truth and blah, blah, blah. Just classic Aaron Rodgers diva activity. But either way, with that being said, I'm going with the Packers because I think the Packers roster is still better than the Denver Broncos when healthy. You still have Devontae Adams far and away better than anybody that the Broncos have. You still have Jair Alexander, who's you know, better than Patrick Sertan right now, although Sertan could be just as good by by the time the season rolls around. David Bakhtiari, when healthy, is still better than any offensive lineman on the Broncos. Aaron Jones is better than any running back on the Broncos. Uh, so I, I personally just think that the Packers have a better roster and are still a better team. And I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson still. Um, I trust Matt LaFleur more than I trust Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, yeah, I, I think the Packers and not to mention the NFC now is significantly weaker than it was before. And the AFC is significantly tougher than it was before. Rodgers plays in a way less division. I think the Packers are, are are definitely my answer for who has a better chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next two years. Who do you trust to win one game, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Of consequence. Uh, in a vacuum? Yeah. Uh, Ru- Russell Wilson. Yeah. So yeah. the answer is Aaron Rodgers. But I ask that to say this, he is the most overrated best player ever in football. Right, like, can't take away from his greatness, but... You can be great, and you can be overrated. Aaron Rodgers is 100% the most overrated great football player ever. Because what do you get paid the big bucks to do? Ask Peyton Manning before he won a Super Bowl. What would, he was so maligned. He was eight and nine in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're like, why is he making all this money? Aaron yeah. Rodgers gets a pass because there's no owner. There's a fan base that's rabid regardless. He's eviscerate that fan base. He doesn't deserve that fan base for everything he's put them through. He's won how many important games since they made the Super Bowl and won it? How many? Zero. Zero games. And you know what? Sometimes it takes... Well, the game against the Cowboys. He won the game against the Cowboys. That was a 33-yard pass. The Dez caught it. Jaron Cook. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what won that. And Mason Crosby won that game for them. He made that 33 yard pass. Okay. It was the Jeff Janis fourth and 20 from the, from the goal line and then throwing the intercept, throwing the touchdown. They lost in overtime. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has not won an important game since they won the Super Bowl and he's getting paid like he's won six. So just to, just to spite him, I will say Russell Wilson because I trust Russell Wilson to win one game when everything's on the line more than I do Aaron Rodgers. And that's not a far-fetched statement. Tell me the last yeah. important game that he's won. I'll wait. Uh, the, the, it's the Cowboys game in the playoffs, the Dez caught it game. That that's that's the last big game that I can yep. think of off the top of my head. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's a valid point. And Russell Wilson definitely one of the more clutch players when he gets an opportunity to be clutch and maybe being on a much better team and a much better roster will give him more opportunities to prove that. But what a crazy week in the NFL! What a great week of NFL news! Uh, make sure that you check out the Locked On NFL podcast on Friday when Chris Carter and your boy Q are going to be breaking down all the latest news as well. Probably be more fireworks by then. But that's going to do it for us today. I am Tyler Rowland, host of Locked on Titans with Alex Clancy, host of Locked on Cardinals. We will be back with you guys next Thursday.